Welcome to Let's Talk. Here we will focus on the hustle, the juggle, and everyday struggle of small business. We will be here every week talking to small business owners about their everyday struggles, stresses, and ways they have been able to overcome the challenges of running their business. We welcome questions and comments, so please feel free to email us at admin at plemonscpa.com. We hope you enjoy, and above all, we hope it helps. Well, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today on the Hustle, Juggle, and Struggle of Small Business. I am your co-host today, Thalia Williams. We have an exciting show for you. We're going to be talking about components of the Power Five. Today, we have as our main host, Chris Hall from Pontum Financial, and also Daniel Castellanos. Perfect. From BBNT Now Truist. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for Pleasure. having us. Thank you. All right, Chris, take it away. Well, thanks for inviting us back. So we've done several different podcasts and different things about the Power Five and a couple different classes, actually. And and it's it's really starting to come together. So we had had this idea in our head. And thank you, Thalia, always. I got to say thank you to you for naming it because uh, it didn't have a name. It was just a group of professionals that I think every business owner should have in their in their their wheelhouse or in their dugout, so to speak. The lender and the banker are two of the most important components that you can have in that group. So we were really happy that Daniel Castellanos could actually could join us today because I know I've sent clients to you in the past and you've taken really good care of them. So it's it's important for people to understand what this component of your power five really helps out with. So and it hasn't been any more um, in your face, I guess, to speak, than, than it has over the last six months whenever people have had such an issue with the coronavirus and everything going on in the world. So uh, thanks for joining us, Daniel. Uh, my pleasure. My pleasure to be here after my first opportunity to be part of a podcast. So I hope I uh, do well and represent uh, represent our Power 5 team. I think Absolutely. you will. No problems. Well, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Thank you very much again. My name is Daniel Castellanos. I'm a vice president and branch leader for BB&T Now Truist. Here in San Antonio, my office is right there at the Colonnade Building at Wurzbach and I, I ten. I've been in banking for about thirty-two some odd years now, and and with BBT ever since BBT moved uh, into into San Antonio specifically, and so very excited to to be to be here and and you know kind of giving my thoughts on what I you know and what it is I do on a daily basis to support our business owners. So appreciate the opportunity to introduce myself. Absolutely. Well, and I, I think I originally met you at one of the, the, the classes that David Plemons was putting on at his office for small business owners. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you sat through my entire presentation. I would really appreciate that. And, and, and it was, it was fantastic to hear some of the, some of the different things that you do in your line of business. Mm -hmm. So can you tell the people a little bit more about that? So they know exactly kind of what specific areas that you like to focus on and where you think you can help out business owners the most. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first I w definitely want to recognize the, the great bank it is that I work for with Truist, Truist Bank. We're actually headquartered in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, we're the sixth largest, sixth largest financial institution in the United States with almost $500 billion in assets. So we're very proud about that. But what, what I like about Truist is really that we're a purpose-driven financial services company committed to inspire and build better lives and communities. That is what really drives us on a daily basis. And that's what, when we're thinking about our clients, that's what, that's what is inspires us to do what we're doing. You know, with BB&T, we've, we've got in, in SunTrust, we've got over 275 years uh, of financial knowledge. Uh, and that really 
really equates into our clients getting really top of mind experience when we're talking about all the things that we offer. When we talk about our opportunities for our clients, we're looking at it from, um, you know, not just on the business side, but them as, as individuals. So what are they looking for in their bank? Does their bank understand how to support them with a deposit need, a loan need, an investment need, an insurance need? Uh, and so those are just some of the things that we work on to help support our clients. So uh, very looking forward to the opportunity to express more. Yeah. Well, and so you mentioned sixth largest. That's that's fascinating because with the five other largest, I can probably name off a few on one hand, but I know business owners that have dealt with those businesses in the past. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you ever really get a banker that does those things where you keep the client top of mind. So that's imperative. Can you tell us maybe a little bit more about how you focus on that aspect of keeping the client in mind, uh, at top of mind? Absolutely. Uh, what we have at, at, uh, at Truist is what we call our financial insights. And really what we're doing with all of our, specifically our business clients, we're looking at trying to understand how best to support them. What is, what is our client's priority? And what's the order of those, of those priorities that they have? And then whatever that agenda is that that client has becomes, becomes my agenda. So if they have priority one, two, and three, then that becomes my agenda, one, two, and three. We're, you will never see anybody trying to sell something, trying to push a product or anything else. We're going to ask questions to understand what's most important to you and what that priority is, and then we're going to create a, a, an action plan to support that priority. And that might be items like just inquiring. Uh, first of all, just inquire on your business. You know, how is your business, uh, especially now through COVID, how is your business surviving through COVID? Uh, then we're going to be asking questions, what we call discovery questions, understanding maybe the five key areas for clients, which would be like managing cash flow. How are our clients leveraging credit? Uh, how are they managing risk? Uh, what, you know, are they providing any employee benefits? How are they keeping that key talent within their organization? And then as business owners, business owners always focus on the business and they never focus on the personal side. So we always want to make sure we're asking questions about them as a, as a, as a, as an individual, making sure that we're working to take care of those priorities as well. And then at the very lastly, Chris and Thaley, we, we, based on the information we've learned, then we're working on, on a, on a plan to solve, solve and, and make recommendations on those priorities that we've learned. See, and there's, I, I know that I haven't personally actually spoken with someone who worked at a bank that did all those components. So it, it, it sounds reminiscent, if you probably will, Thalia, about the power five. So those are all different components where you need to make sure that if you have all those professionals in one box or at one place, that's great. But if you don't, you need to make sure that they're all collaborating. So that, I would imagine, eliminates a lot of the headache. And I, I would imagine that you don't have a lot of clients that, uh, or you have a lot of clients that say, I've never really experienced something like this before because most bankers probably don't ask those questions. They don't run through the due diligence and they deal and you dealing with a lot of clients have the ability to ask them, Hey, is there anything else going on in your situation that might impact these? Because all those different topics that all have a dollar sign attached to them, they all tend to overlap and affect one another. So you, you really got to spend time digging and asking those questions to make sure that they are aware of all the different opportunities that are out there. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. My, my, my privilege and responsibility working for true is, is not to sit at my desk and wait for somebody to ring my doorbell and say, I need you to do this for me. That is not what it is that we're about. We're asking questions 
sometimes uh, you know I've, I've been I've sat down in many a, in many a business and asked questions that they're sometimes not even comfortable answering mm-hmm. because they've not had anybody ask those questions before, and so that that basically that information empowers me on how best to support them. I'm always I'm a really good listener and I'm looking for ways to help identify maybe priorities that maybe sometimes unrealized needs. A lot of my clients have learned they've got what that guy call those blind spots. They've got blind spots on a, maybe on a priority that, that we've uncovered through a conversation, but they'd never know that they never really had it. You know, they didn't know that they needed to go ask for this or ask for that. And they're again, their banker that they've got maybe just, it could be the teller in the drive through It could be the teller in the lobby or somebody at the new account desk, and that's the extension of, of the of the relationship. We want to do more trust. And that's yeah. a good segue because relationship is critical in the dynamics and the questions that you ask and the answers that you get. That becomes the foundation for your relationship. And it also helps build the trust between the business owner and the banker, which is critical because we found out through COVID that relationship mm-hmm. can circumvent a lot of the red tape, circumvent a lot of the waiting because you do have that relationship. And that banker is well-tuned, well-informed of what you have going on in your business already. The, when you can keep those lines of communication open, it's it's much easier to call someone. And when they have a list of 100 people that they have to call back, you're going to be at or close to the top of that list because they know you as a person. They know what the, what, what the call is going to be like. So, and they know that they don't have to go hunting around. There's not going to be a lot of legwork, not to say that you or I either shun away from the legwork, but at the same time, you know, that that person's going to be a quick, easy call because you're already familiar with their situation. They know that you'll handle it. And you, you, you know, whenever you go into the conversation, what you can probably expect from the conversation from the client. So it's, it's nice to be able to be able to foresee what is going to be said during that exchange. So at least even with coronavirus as much as possible. Absolutely. I mean, one of the first things that we're doing is, is when we're having a, when I sit down with having a, a, what I call a introductory conversation, really to understand again, my client, I mean, obviously we were doing our, our, our due diligence, doing our research on the internet and, you know, and, and looking all that we can learn about the company through their website and the information that we have. And then, you know, we're, we get to, I get to go into a business uh, without any kind of plan uh, other than getting to understand what's about them, what, what are their goals for their company? Um, maybe some, another question, maybe what are some of the challenges that they're facing? You know, what are some of the headwinds that they're, that they're going into, especially right now with, you know, after the, as we're kind of, you know, working through this, this pandemic, you know, we ask questions about how are you zeroing in on your, on your client's behaviors? How have those, how have those behaviors changed? Um, and That's then good. Look, That's yeah. real good. Real good. Absolutely. Then looking at some of those changes, how are they affecting traffic flow? I think those are, those are very important things. Uh, examine your, examining your communication strategy. Uh, and then fourthly, uh, you got to still drive sales. You've got to drive sales at, after a COVID environment. And, no, and it really, I wrote down here notes for myself. I said, no matter how quickly your business adapts to COVID, your reboot is only as good as the sales it generates. So you've got to, you've got to get after it. You've got to get after it. And you want to make sure that also most importantly, you want to, you want to contact your clients as uh, your customers. You want, you know, they want, they may be waiting for that phone call from you to say, Hey, I'm open for business. Come on over. And uh, so that's, that's something that um, I get to, I get to have those conversations again, just 
like we are today, just having one-off conversations, no, no hidden agenda. Just tell me more about your business. I'm looking for ways I can help support you. Well, and let's say that a client has that relationship and has had that relationship with you for an extended period of time. Do you find that that client having had that relationship now can kind of put that off to the side and say, I know this is taken care of. I don't have to go look for a good banker. I can focus my efforts on calling my clients, making sure that my reboot is as adaptable as possible and that it'll continue to generate sales. And that if I have a question about say the PPP or the EIDL or in a main street lending program, all those different programs that are going on out there that launched that, that launched that we had no idea even existed. Most of the public um, that, that they can, they can, kind of put that not to the back of their mind, but at least on a burner where they can focus on generating revenue and putting, you know, butts in the seats and putting food on the table for their families. You know, do you find that that's kind of one of the common threads that, that lands with a client that you currently have? When you absolutely. And when you're asking questions and understanding a client's priorities and they're giving you what those priorities are, and then you're addressing them and you've addressed them and you've, you've made recommendations and you've, you've created action plans and you've resolved that priority. And so that they in essence kind of sleep at night or they can do whatever it was that that priority was meant to be. To me, it's like I checked off, I, ch- I checked off something on, let, okay, what else you got? Yeah, it's what like the biggest box to yeah, check, it's right? Like, it's like, going. I can let you sleep at night. We're good. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, we'll, we'll move on to the next one, but great. Yeah. Yep. So fantastic. Well, and so you mentioned a minute ago about blind spots, identifying some of the blind spots. And I know that in my profession, our world is all about blind spots. Uh, it's it's identifying the risk management and different components. But tell me something. So tell me a few of the blind spots that you see most commonly in people that you meet with for, say, the first time. Always, always wanting to borrow at the wrong time. I think that's what what kind of sticks out to me. I didn't write that down. But that really is really one of those things that happens. Uh, uh, you know, probably 50% of the clients are, are folks that I've identified as prospects, and, I, and it's my initiation of that conversation. The other 50% of them are saying, hey, uh, I, I bank at Bank X, and I'm looking to get a loan, and my bank wouldn't help me. Can you help me out? And then, you you know, you're asking questions. You're trying to learn more about what that priority is. And you're sitting there going, God, I wish I could have talked to you six months ago. Or yeah. I wish I could have talked to you a year ago to help support you with this, this, and this. So I think that's the main thing is that, you know, their clients always need that money yesterday. And that you're, they're at your doorstep today saying, I need that that loan. And, and you've got to then work through some of the headwinds on maybe it's credit. Maybe their financials aren't ready. Uh, you know, whatever that might look like. So, yeah, that's a big one for me. Give me an example of a heartstring that got pulled with you with a client's dialogue that you were maybe able to go, Ooh, if you only had a said, told me, reached out to me, you know, I did a small business owner was a, um, auto, auto, um, automotive repair shop and, uh, you know, small business owner, you know, mom and pop type of type of situation. And, um, was banking with a, with a, with a local credit union, a high, you know, very respectable credit union, but didn't have a business bank relationship. And he's now going to his bank saying, Hey, I need help with PPP. And they're saying, well, we can't help you. We don't control that. Ouch. 
Yeah, and that that was a tough one because my world with my clients, I mean, at Truist, we were working, we were working, and I, and I don't exaggerate this, we were working literally 24 hours a day, seven days a week to make sure we could get as many clients to the PPP program as possible. Now, I don't know if there's any other bank in San Antonio that did that, but we're very proud that we did that. I mean, we were we were on many a conference call at 2 o'clock in the morning just checking progress and things like that. Uh, and so I just I, I don't get to tell that story enough. See, that's what you talked about earlier. But that that's, that's one of the things I'm very proud of is that we were that's that was, and and not everybody we, I mean, we didn't publicize it. You didn't hear it in papers, but that's what we did to make sure we took care of our clients. Well, those are, those are the you know the quote scars that you get from working in a business where you really take it on the chin for some of your clients, and you you don't want to go out and boast about it. So, but it is something that sets you apart. And it's, it's, it's nice whenever you have another professional sitting across the table that asks you the question and kind of, you know, sets it up for you to give you the opportunity. Cause those are the important ones that we know about, but it's, it's the, the very unseen truth that our clients don't get to see. And so, you know, I, I can tell you that in the past I've lost, you know, one or two clients, I think throughout my career. And it was because we didn't articulate those things and we didn't ar- communicate our value to the client. And then whenever something happens they're they're like, well, this, this person's going to do this. And it's, you look at it and you're like, Whoa, I've been doing this the whole time. <laughs> I'm just not going to brag about it mm-hmm. because it, because to serve a client like that, it comes second nature. It's instinctual. But like I said earlier, a lot, the, the, you know, the top five companies maybe ahead of the sixth largest yours, uh, BB&T previously truest, it was, you just don't talk about it. So when the other companies are really missing out and they, and those are the people I can tell you from first, I can tell you from firsthand knowledge dealing with clients that were trying to refresh the PPP page on, you know, a minute by minute basis. I sat there and just clicked refresh while my dentist was in there. You know, I was sitting <laughs> in my office, but he said, I had, they, they shut it down and I haven't been able to get on. I said, you know, you, you need this, uh, you need to take advantage of this opportunity. So sitting there, clicking refresh, and then giving them a call whenever it opened back up, and saying, "Hey, go, go, go!" But you know, it's yeah. it's one of those unspoken things that we just do by nature. So it's fantastic that you can do that, and I really wish uh, we could find out a way to communicate it better to our clients what we do for them. So, but so the question that you had asked, Thalia, please um, dig into that a little bit more because you, I think you were on a good item there, a good topic. So asking him to uh, to to give a, a good heartstring story. Mm-hmm. So because I know a lot of people out there, or you know, Daniel, I'll put it back on you and say, mm-hmm. tell me some of those instances where people had questions they didn't know what questions to ask. Because I know a lot of people, whenever they don't ask the questions, it's due to a reluctance and feeling like they should have done this already, or they should have gotten this under control. Or I dare I say shame, and it shouldn't be shame. It's just hey, you get really business, you get really busy as a business owner. So sometimes to pull back and take a look at it, it's scary because it's not in your normal habits of mm-hmm. you know talking to other professionals about something maybe you feel that you should have done previously. So how do you tell them that hey, it's okay, we're, everybody's been here? Well, you know what I tell my clients d- during those conversations, and I tell them whether I whether they've met me you know ten minutes ago or they've known me for years. I don't, I don't sugarcoat anything. I don't, I don't, I mean, my clients are always going to get, my clients are always going to get the truth from me. Uh, I'm not here to throw rainbows and, 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 and butterflies at them. 
I'm here to give them factual information, uh, you know, recommendations based on, on what it is that we've learned together and, uh, and then follow up on those recommendations. So I, th- I think there are times when clients don't, you know, sometimes they don't like to hear that truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bankers, uh, you know, I know my team, we don't like to be, we don't like to be uh, the ones that say no, but you know, sometimes you have to say no. And sometimes you have to sit there and say no. And here's why, uh, Chris, I don't hear that very often. I, I do get a lot of clients that they'll come in, they'll say, well, my bank told me no, but they didn't say why, or my bank, I applied, I never heard anything back from them. Those are those are my those are my favorite clients because those are those are the ones that are going to be that are going to be um, yes thank you very much that's a, I love the prop there uh, but those are the ones that that are going to be my best clients because they know that they're going to get that truth and honest from me and they're going to we're going to get together and see, figure out how do we get to that next step that's still a priority for you just because it means no today doesn't mean it's maybe no tomorrow yeah well and it it becomes important that they they come to appreciate it. So because as a business owner, the more stuff gets sugar-coated on its delivery to you, the longer it's going to take to fix later. So if you have that up front, it's just like going into a doctor and a doctor telling you, hey, you should probably stop eating red meat, stop drinking, you know, a 12-pack of beer every night or in my case, you know, a little bit of whiskey every now and then. So and and do something else to, to benefit your health. I don't want a doctor that's going to come in and tell me, hey, everything looks great with your business. If you ever need any more money, just come and talk to me. And then whenever the, you know, whenever the rubber meets the road, oh, yeah, sorry. You know, you I probably should have let you know this a while back, but you're really overextended. That doesn't do anyone any good. So, and it really kind of puts the business owner out in the cold whenever they need the help the most. So, so let's talk about an example, possibly, of where you had someone that came to you from another institution and everything was kind of in shambles, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And how was BB&T, now Truist, able to assist them or at least right the ship? The ship was almost turned upside down. How were you able to right the ship? Absolutely. Just matter of fact, this just happened uh, just Friday hmm. at a one of uh, one of my clients that I've that I've worked with in the past uh, brought me one of his one of his um, brought me a referral. Hmm. He and this other and this business owner came in and said, "Look, um, this business needs help." It was a, it was also this was a construction company, and they'd been with a another financial you know very well known uh, local bank here in San Antonio for probably a little bit more than a decade, um, had been doing very, very well, had multiple, multiple deposit accounts. I mean, every kind of deposit account you could think of, but no relate, no loan relationship, no, no, um, nothing to help support them from a, from a growth standpoint. It was basically just a transaction. And I mean, that was surprised to, to learn that this company who was doing very, very well, uh, had no relationship. The relationship was with the the teller in the in the drive through, and so uh, you know that that was an opportunity for for me to say to ask questions. And then again, they're they're coming to me because they have a priority. They're thinking about me and not their bank. And and I don't. I want to make sure that never happens with my clients, where my clients are sitting there going, "Well, let me go somewhere else because Daniel's never brought this up. Mm-mm, that's not gonna, that's not mm-hmm. how it's going to work." And so. As a result of that fact-finding conversation we just had Friday, I mean, we've identified that there's there's lending priorities that the, that the company has for heavy equipment and things like that. 
So we'll be able to help support that growth that they're that they're that they're seeing right now. You know, they've got it. They've got a a, a a large group of employees that that are not they're not getting any any benefits. So we'll be able to help that that construction company with benefits for their employees. Uh, insurance to help help again when you think about insurance for their fleet of vehicles and things like that. Those are things that we're going to be able to help support them with. So I mean, there's there are a number of of, of financial solutions. We'll be able to provide them uh, to really maybe simplify their life, help them grow their business, um, and uh, make sure that they're protected. And that made you feel good in the sense that you were able to utilize the personable skills that you have, as well as the skills that BB and T now Truist was able to say, hey, these are the things that we use, the methodology, the processes that we use to uncover to assist you in better understanding your business and grow your business as well. Absolutely. We have what we call our financial insights. And it's really, it's, it's about a, it's, it's about about a 45 minute uh, conversation uh, where we really get into the weeds with our clients from a, from a, Deposit strategy from a how are they how are they borrowing, how are they you know from employee standpoint how are they key you know keeping that key talent, uh, and then from uh, from an insurance stat, stat, you know strategy how are they how are they protecting themselves, you know on the business and personal side. That concludes our conversation for the Power Five Banker Part One. We're going to pick up our conversation next week with Daniel and Chris. Chris Hall is a partner with Pontum Financial and offers securities and investment products and services through Waddell and Reed Incorporated, WRI, member FINRA slash SIPC. Pontum Financial is a separate entity from WRI. Waddell and Reed is not affiliated with David C. Plemons CPA. Waddell and Reed financial advisors are able to offer insurance products through arrangements Waddell and Reed has made with outside insurance companies. The information presented on this podcast is solely for informational purposes and is not to be constructed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy any financial product or service mentioned. Any opinions expressed are those of Chris Hall and are subject to change based on market and other conditions. For more detailed information regarding any of the topics discussed on today's podcast, please call 210-625-4845 or visit pontumfinancial.com. Waddell and Reed does not offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a professional prior to making any financial decisions. For more information about any of our guests, or if you have questions and comments, please email us at admin at And don't forget to check out our website, PlemonsCPA.com, for upcoming events and workshops in San Antonio. David B. Plemons CPA Inc. is providing this podcast as a public service, but it is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of David B. Plemons CPA Inc. policy. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by David B. Plemons CPA Inc. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the Hustle, Juggle, and Struggle of Small Business podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or their concepts or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by David B. Plemons CPA Inc. employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the views of David B. Plemons CPA Inc. or any of its officials. You should always consult your own investment advisors, attorneys, and accountants before making any decisions concerning your financial matters. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact our office.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.